Hey everyone and welcome to Everyone Talking, the Freedom Church podcast where we exist to reach people to know God. We're so glad you decided to join us today. Today we have a very interesting topic of conversation planned for you guys. So we have a, a group uh, text thread where we're all discussing the different topics we can talk about during the podcast. And there was two topics in particular that we wanted to talk about. Um, one is throwing your heart into what you do and the other was saying your song. We were trying to choose between the two, and we felt like the two actually go hand in hand. So let's let everyone know who they're hearing from today, and we'll kind of go around the circle. My name is Adam Cannon. I'm the young adult pastor and online campus pastor here at Freedom Church. I'm Kirsten. I'm the media manager and golfing extraordinaire. (laughs) Yes. My name is Danielle. I'm the worship director here. I'm Wes, and I'm the next step slash creative director here. Awesome. And... uh, in, in trying to decide between these two topics, uh, Daniel brought up a really great point that the, the two topics are a lot more related than we might have initially thought when discussing what to talk about today. Yeah, um, I think that your heart, when you put your heart into something, you just automatically come into a position of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I think that vulnerability is actually really key in any kind of leadership or any kind of group, any kind of friendship, relationship that you have. Um, you, you're letting yourself feel and become attached to something that you believe in or that you love. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I would like to point out, are we talking about this in the context of leadership? Like saying you're sorry in the context of like being a leader and not just a leader, maybe in like a positional standard, but a leader as a Christian? I think a leader as a Christian, because the culture that we've discovered in churches over over the years has been that when you start coming to church, you have to be perfect, mm-hmm. right? And I don't think we ever meant to do that, but somehow that just seems to be the thing. I remember leading a small group, and it would get to the time for a prayer request, or it would you know be something, an issue or something, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to actually say what I'm struggling with because Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how people are going to react. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that 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 concept is so far from from what we actually need to be Mm -hmm. um, anchored in as Christians, which is being wholehearted Mm -hmm. as Christians in relationship with other Christians. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that, you know, kind of in this conversation, we can talk about like, how to become more wholehearted mm-hmm. with our fellow believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, and and how that that actually um, that actually creates a safe space for so many different types of people to feel like they belong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, uh, this is the whole the saying your sorry part is kind of heavy on my heart recently, just because I read this book. <clears throat> I think I mentioned it in the last podcast. It's called um, "Get Out of Your Head" by Jenny Allen, and um, she talks towards the end about how she was talking with somebody that she works with and um, snapped at them and was like upset with what they had said and snapped at them and walked away Um, and had to kind of come to this place where she reconciled first with herself about her reaction and then went to her the person she was working with and apologized for her reaction and made the situation right but the girl that she was talking to said, um, I would love to like talk with you, but I need time. And so I think that kind of rep- showed me that whenever we come to people vulnerably and say, hey, I messed up, I'm sorry, 
we're protecting our relationship with the people and we're not only protecting the relationship with other people but we're protecting their thought process because if I'm getting snapped at by somebody without any sort of reconciliation I'm spiraling Mm -hmm. like I'm thinking about all of the things I've done wrong previously have they felt this way about me for a long time and so we're protecting two things at one time by being vulnerable not just our relationship but the other person as well Mm -hmm. so that's kind of like weighed recent like weighed on me recently that I need to be apologetic, not just to get the situation over with, but to be protective of other people as well. Yeah, I think a lot of it is becoming aware of where you're at. That's something that, see, when we got this topic and we're sort of thinking through it, when I was looking at it, I was looking at it in figuring out how to do that because when I go Full, full bore, I'm 100% into something, that mm-hmm. this is the thing that I'm going to be involved in. My heart is 100% invested in it. Apology is the last thing on my mind mm-hmm. because um, I can get stuck in that mind trap of, because I'm passionate about this, you need to be passionate yeah. about this. And we're, we're doing this thing together, or at least I'm doing the thing. I want everybody to join in. Mm-hmm. But I have the issue with becoming apologetic when I don't think that I need to be apologetic mm-hmm. because I'm the one that's invested in this. Mm-hmm. Almost like defensive? defensive yeah, I, I, I will, and it's it's a character flaw, I will default to getting defensive first sure. before mm-hmm. I, again, put on my my Christian glasses mm-hmm. and look through it through that lens. Yeah. Um, I will get defensive first and then have to back that up as mm-hmm. opposed to defaulting to um, open and honest and caring and loving I'm like, how dare you attack this passion that I have? Well, and when your heart is in something, you just set yourself up for some hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that a lot of times that's why we won't put our whole heart into something mm-hmm. is because what if it's not accepted, mm-hmm. right? What if we throw ourselves into this thing and other people don't get it, don't like it, um, don't want to be a part of it? And, and for me, I can get very project-oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether it's like the career that I'm pursuing or whether you're doing something in school, relationships, in your business, in your church, I for me, I get so caught up in the, in the end goal and making the end goal happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to notice when I'm running over people in the process of running toward the goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants to run with you if you're running over them, yeah, right? Yeah. And the easiest way I've discovered that I, the easiest way to, to run with someone is when they're willing mm-hmm. to admit when they're wrong. Mm-hmm. And we're all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like it's true. Every single person. And, and I, it will be the first to admit that I have not always done that. I've been so like passionate about something. I didn't want to be wrong because I didn't want people to stop loving what I loved or to mm-hmm. stop like pursuing the goal with me because I thought being wrong meant failing mm. right and I, I I don't think that it means that in the sense of if you're wrong and you're refusing to admit it and refusing to make reconciliation and refusing to build back up the relationship that would be a bigger failure mm-hmm. than just coming like what you say Kirsten like protecting both relationships both people and mm-hmm. creating that safe space well I, I would add to that sting in saying that you know when when you feel that you have embraced or taken part in some sort of failure like and your defenses are up you can usually tell 
tough through it. Like we're we're grown ups. We deal with that every single day. Not everything's going to be a win. You know, sure. sometimes mm-hmm. you got to take the L, and that's just life. Yeah. It, but when that happens, you know, your defenses is up. You're strong. Well, when you've poured your heart into something and made yourself vulnerable, and then that failure speaks into your vulnerability, that sting can feel particularly. That can feel mm-hmm. like a really deep cut, right? Yeah. So it's it's you're, n- you're now it's a personal attack, mm-hmm. not necessarily a critique. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And then I, I see where the bridge to defensiveness comes up at that point because you just got struck in your most vulnerable, sensitive place. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe it's easier to put a face to the name of failure. Maybe it's mm. easier to blame someone else mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. failure that you're experiencing. Or even, you know, I, I won't call it worse, but just as bad. Like if, if you turn that and blame yourself and take all of that shame and regret and failure to mm-hmm. your vulnerable place leads to depression, leads to mm-hmm. isolation. There, That creates this gigantic vacuum yeah. for an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy mm-hmm. to fill that void. So like, if anything, this is further emphasis that like we can, we can pour our hearts into something all that we want to, but if we're not first making sure that it's full of God and his Holy Spirit, yeah. then all of our heart is just creating a bigger target for Satan to strike. Mm-hmm. I think that Jesus really represented vulnerable leadership because he literally put his entire heart mm-hmm. right out there on the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but he was someone that that he understood that his, that his passion, I mean, if we really think about it, was going to cause immense um, reaction Mm -hmm. from people. And sometimes the reaction was good. Mm -hmm. A lot of times the reaction was bad. But because, to your point, he was exactly centered in the will of God, Mm -hmm. it didn't matter how much pushback he got from people. Mm -hmm. He was able to, with grace and truth, move forward Mm -hmm. in what God had called him to do. And I think that I've just been really fascinated lately with the way that Jesus lived and led. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he led from a place of honesty, vulnerability, and like moving forward toward the goal. But he didn't, and I think because we forget sometimes Jesus was was totally human mm-hmm. and totally God. He had feelings, yeah. you know, yeah. like how does it feel to constantly be rejected? Right. I mean, constantly be mm-hmm. rejected. And still trust God enough mm-hmm. that I'm going to do what you called me to do with my whole heart. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, a lot. Yeah. I think it's naive of us to want to follow Christ and follow in His footsteps, and and think that when we become vulnerable with the people around us, that we are entitled to somehow be able to protect, be protected by, or trust those individuals to never harm us, mm-hmm. right? Because every time Christ made himself vulnerable to his disciples, to the people he was serving, it always turned out bad. Yeah. Like every time, you know, and I'm not saying that it that God didn't work all things to good in right. those scenarios, but you know, his best friends betrayed him. They murdered him. They denied him. They turned their back on him. They uh, doubted him, mm-hmm. right? They ran away when right. they needed him. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, like, at no point did Christ's vulnerability to people uh, encourage necessarily the direction that he was pointed other than he knew that he was being obedient and making himself vulnerable Mm -hmm. to those people. Mm -hmm. Inversely, when God made him or when Jesus made himself 
vulnerable to God in his prayer time and his mm-hmm. quiet time in Gethsemane when he got up early mm-hmm. and got away from everyone. Like that's where he was empowered when he was fasting, making himself vulnerable to God at the beginning of his pilgrimage uh, during those 40 days. And it culminated with Satan tempting and attacking him and mm-hmm. ultimately being decimated by Christ's understanding of God's mm-hmm. word and his mm-hmm. quoting that truth. Like, that's where we need to understand our vulnerability is fed with God. Yeah. And like any sponge that's full of what God has given you, that vulnerability is wrung out yeah. with people. And that's a process we have to mm-hmm. be accepting of, mm-hmm. not surprised by, and certainly not embittered by. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, and I think, too, being careful to, to yes, always be wholehearted and to be vulnerable, but also to recognize the people that God has put in your life to be that, um, the steadfast person Mm. for you. You know, if you're only, if you're just like throwing up on everybody that you meet, like that's not the vulnerability that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's this letting down our defensiveness and being real Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. being, and being willing to be passionate about what we're called to do. Um, but also, you know, yes, there were, there were a lot of times that Jesus was hurt where we just talked about, but at the end of it, those people that he was vulnerable with and he invested in turned into the leaders of the early church. Mm-hmm. It may not have been at the timing. I mean, God's timing is perfect, but when we're reading the stories, we're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what is happening right mm-hmm. now? Why aren't you why aren't you getting this? Yeah, you know? But Jesus was consistent and he knew mm-hmm. that when they got it, mm-hmm. it was gonna change the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if you were to look at it from a, a totally different light? I mean, right now we've been talking, we've spent a lot of time. We're talking about um, how to how to be vulnerable in these moments where we've poured our heart into it. Jesus is the ultimate example of how we can handle that. But what if we're on the other side? Sure. What if we're in the circle of of a person who is has poured their heart into a thing, where whether it be ministry, uh, personal growth, fitness, fill in the blank. How are we approaching those uh, those scenarios, those people that have poured their heart in? Are we coming at them with the love of Christ, mm-hmm. or are we coming at them with a mindset of attack? Yeah. Because it's something sometimes we can also let our pride get in the way, and where we have to be right in that moment when it's a thing that really has nothing to do with us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I may be really, really bad about uh, taking the the criticism, but I feel like I come at uh, giving criticism with with kid gloves, but also being honest. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm better at that than I am at being the person that is being the receiver of it. Mm-hmm. We would sure. rather be the critiquer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. way easier to be the critiquer, but how are you critiquing? Mm-hmm. Are you coming as like um, you're you're wasting too much time in doing that? You're like are are you breaking them down? Or are you coming at them with like with the idea of building them up? Mm-hmm. Like I want you to you're doing great work. Mm-hmm. I want you to succeed in this. One thing that I've noticed is fill in the blank, mm-hmm. right? And how so? How That's are good. we doing that? I That's mean, a good there's point. there's two different sides of being a Christ follower and trying to represent Him. You have to be both things. I I feel like that's a matter of perspective because I I think we've discussed several times on this podcast and in person that like Satan's number one attempt is to isolate us, right? If he can get us alone, if he can get us to where we don't feel like we're a part of the body, but we are instead isolated because of our sin or because of our mindset or because of whatever, Mm -hmm. then that's where he can make us most vulnerable. So what will happen is we'll we'll get that critique from someone. And then this is why Christ reminds us that that our, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against spirits and like mm-hmm. when in this instance when we're being critiqued we have the option to see our brother and sister 
and interpret them as our enemy and we are under attack. Mm -hmm. So then we throw up our defenses. Then we start firing back. Or, as Christ instructs us, we can recognize what the enemy is trying to do in that moment in getting us to identify a brother or sister who is constructively trying to help you know, uh, chip away at the things that would ultimately make us look more like Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and instead of receiving that for the transformative gift that it is, we would reject it yeah. as an attack that needs to be mm-hmm. defended. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's the premise that Satan tries to isolate us on that is because, oh, no, 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 this isn't, you know, listen up hand, this isn't the foot, or listen up hand, this isn't the other hand. This is this is a weapon that's, being, uh, that's attacking you, and you need to defend and fight back. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that that whole um, concept that you guys just brought up, I mean, my mind is just like racing right now because I'm thinking about how what we're not, what we're when we say to do things wholeheartedly and it's okay to be passionate, you want to be vulnerable, we're not saying get tunnel visioned on yourself mm-hmm. and only your relationship <laughs> with God and only what you're called to do, but like mm-hmm. we're a part of a body of believers, right? And so this reminded me in Ephesians chapter four, um, starting in verse one, Paul says, I therefore a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling mm-hmm. to which you have been called. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? He says, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the only hope, the one hope that belongs to your call. So what I like about this is when he urges us to walk according to our calling, he doesn't make us guess. He's like, by the way, when you're when you're walking toward what God's called you to walk toward, humility, gentleness, patience, eager to maintain unity and peace with each other, not to tear one another down, or my calling is better than your calling, mm-hmm. or like that spirit of com- competition, you know? That's good. You know, this is, it, I, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit in, in the second half of our conversation because I was, I've been sincerely shocked at the direction this, this conversation took because I'm thinking the, the through line between being impassioned and throwing your heart into something and the, the idea of apology is kind of what you touched on earlier. It's like if you're impassioned, if you throw your heart into something, man, you're going full ham. Like yeah. you are giving it everything you've got and you're probably going to run over some people on the way there. Right, if you feel so certain and so convicted and so direct about where you're going and how you're getting there, you're probably going to bump some shoulders and you're probably going to, sure. you know, get a little friction with folks on the way yeah, there. Without saying. It, right, and that's what I thought would lead us into the conversation about the apology. It's like, look, you know, on the other side of me pouring my heart into something, um, I ended up having a little tunnel vision. I ended yeah. up not taking your heart also being poured into this mm-hmm. into consideration and so now there's this moment of repentance mm-hmm. right so I want us to to take the next half of the conversation and kind of shift gears toward the the apologizing toward mm-hmm. the saying I'm mm-hmm. sorry toward the repentance side of we're impassioned right you know what did it say well-behaved people rarely make history you know that's <laughs> that's kind of the idea behind it but like the truth is like God's called us to be both well-behaved and passionate, mm-hmm. you know, to, to serve him. So when, when we do slip, when we do stumble, like what, what does that repentance look like on the other side and how do we approach it? Yeah. 
I think since being in recovery, I've learned to become incredibly self-aware. It's very frustrating, but also <laughs> like very helpful in situations like these where I am incredibly quick to... Well, okay. I don't like conflict is how I can start this off. I hate conflict. I don't like arguing with people. I don't like being in fights. I hate drama. And I used to play into things like that before I got into recovery. After I got into recovery, like, it's a big deal to make amends with people and, mm-hmm. and recognize when you were wrong. And so I have become very quick to take a step back and look at a situation and be like, okay, yes, here's where I'm wrong. Here's where I'm going to say, you know, I need to apologize for this. I need to say I'm sorry for how this affected you, how my actions affected you, how my words affected you. It won't happen again. I'm very sorry. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always work with everybody. They sometimes are looking for a fight. But I found it's healthiest for myself to look back and be really honest about, okay, here's where I was wrong. And maybe sometimes you weren't wrong and you have to pick out what in their head you did wrong and be like, okay, yeah, I can see how that hurt you. I'm sorry that it hurt you. Let's, I'm like a let's move on kind of person because Mm -hmm. there is so much more that we could be doing in the kingdom than fighting with each other and arguing about things that don't matter. So I'm incredibly passionate about like quick conflict. Let's like say what hurt, apologize for it, Mm And let's keep going. Yeah. Also being humble enough to, if, if you're the person who caused the hurt, yeah, don't let your pride get in the way of a relationship that you right. And don't let your shame get in the way either. We are humans. We're going to mess up. We're going to hurt people. But that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Use that as a, like, okay, I'm going to, like, here's what I did wrong. I'm not going to be ashamed about it. I'm going to work on it and just become yeah. more like Jesus. I think that what, we, what helps me is to remember um, the difference between guilt and shame mm-hmm. okay so guilt is like I am aware that I have done something wrong mm-hmm. guilt leads us toward resolution and restitution right mm-hmm. um, there is such a thing as like a godly guilt of conviction. the conviction yeah. right shame says I in my very essence am wrong mm-hmm. right I am what caused me to do this right mm-hmm. and so we have to realize that if anyone is in Christ, He's new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Romans 8, 1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. It doesn't mean we'll never fail. It means that we do not identify mm-hmm. anymore as a failure, which means we can come from a secure place in Christ mm-hmm. and say, my actions were not right in this moment. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sorry. I think that I always want to apologize quickly but not to the point that it's insincere. Yeah. So quickly and sincerely mm-hmm. means more than just quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, I, like, I remember because um, I've been in, I've been in leadership in churches for like ten years now. I started when I was very young, and I didn't know how to apologize. Mm. Um, I thought that apologizing made me look weak or that it made me look wrong, mm-hmm. and that was something that I had to learn a lot. Sure. But I remember coming up when I just I felt so convicted about it. I came up to one of my volunteers, and we hadn't spoken in a little while. I yeah. had, I had we just had a conflict, and I took a deep breath and said, "I know that we're okay now. Like we haven't talked about this in a long time. It's been too long, and I recognize that. But I never apologized to you, and I don't want this to be something that we just avoided until it, you know, didn't matter anymore." Sure. And she just immediately said, 
no, you didn't ever apologize to me. And it was in that moment I realized she that, was aware. that actually meant a lot to her, like mm-hmm. that she had been thinking about the fact that we had never had this conversation. We just tried to go on as normal. Mm-hmm. We had a conversation. It was very heartfelt. And to this day, even though I'm not um, in that community of believers anymore, I would say that, that we're still friends. Mm-hmm. Whenever I'm around them, like there's no tension anymore. There's, you know, and, I, and I've seen... Um, I've seen the fruit of that apology, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, where we may not be in each other's lives anymore, but how, how awful is it when you don't a- apologize to someone and sure. then you move or like your life mm-hmm. seasons change and like you've, you never had that, that closure. Yeah. I, I think we, we stick too too frequently to the adages and the, and the phrases that we've gotten used. Like, you know, time heals all wounds. Mm-hmm. That's not true. No. You know, time, time can make some wounds much, much worse. Mm-hmm. You know, it, especially if it's an uncleansed wound, it festers and it, and it mm-hmm. becomes scarring. Mm-hmm. You know, I, so I, I would say that probably the only thing worse than an insincere apology is the perception of an insincere apology, mm. where you go someone since to someone sincerely in your heart, you are repentant, but they don't receive that, mm-hmm. right? And so the friction still exists. There's unforgiveness present in that dynamic. So I think we need to be intentional, um, not just with meaning what we say, but then following up with action, mm-hmm. right? Repentance is something I, I have heard from a lot of pastors. If nothing changes, nothing changes. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's words are beautiful and life and death is held within the tongue. All of this is true. But if, if our behavior does not beget the words that come out of our mouths, first off, as believers, all of our integrity is in question, right? That, that ruins the perception of God working in and through us. But I would say beyond that, specifically to the person that we are repenting, because throughout our lives, we will all have lots of practice at repenting to people because we will wrong people. Guaranteed, 100%, did it yesterday, I'm going to do it before the end of the day today, I'm sorry in advance, but like it's, you know, like it's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. So my repentance needs to be sincere, but it also needs to be accompanied by a verbalized plan of action to avoid whatever that wrong that Mm -hmm. I caused someone to keep that from happening again. I feel like that is the most earnest step towards sincere repentance rather than, you know, the actuality or the perception of the thing we've seen every young sibling do. Now, go to your brother and say you're sorry. Sorry. You know, like, <laughs> we've we've seen that. We've probably mm-hmm. done that when mm-hmm. we were younger. And to the second point, I would say this. It comes from Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, starting at verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Guys, the longer we go without repentance, Mm -hmm. the longer we go without making things right, it's going to get worse. Mm -hmm. So much so that the Lord even explained to us, like if these people are people that we're trying to reach and shouldn't all people, um, then we're doing ourselves no favors by letting time heal that wound Mm -hmm, or giving people time to cool off like for sure respect boundaries that's not what i'm saying but at the same time like be diligent in pursuing the earliest opportunity Mm -hmm. to make right a wrong that you've caused Mm -hmm. yes that's good yes it's really good Mm -hmm. i think it's also good to um you know going back to the point that i made earlier about if you're the person given the the critique if you're the person standing in the way of someone's dreams that they've you know poured themselves into being aware of what you're saying. Like, if, if you see hurt in their eyes, if you see them get offensive, 
don't or defensive. Sorry, um, don't or both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be, like, even if you, even if it's after a time, you walk away like, man, what I said really wrecked them. You don't have to wait for their apology. Uh, their apology if they got bent out of shape. Also, like, hey, I understand what I said. Mm-hmm. Probably really hurt you. I understand your, you know, be. You know, three preemptive. If you mm-hmm. notice it, don't let it fester. Don't get mm-hmm. mad at the person for defending their mm-hmm. position. Also, they need to be better at you know maybe not getting so defensive. But don't be upset because you know where would you be in that moment? Mm-hmm. You know, right. we we've spent a lot of time talking about how we could do better, mm-hmm. um, knowing that we're going to fail because hey, human, we're mm-hmm. all we're all in these skin suits and they're they're flawed. Sure, mm-hmm. and it takes both sides, I yeah. believe. To really pull pull together and you know to reflect Jesus in all in all like manner. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's an interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. It, it's not one side or the other. It's definitely both. Yeah. yeah. To that point, it is it is rarely, if ever, like a, a victim and an attacker. Right. It's it's almost always two wrongs. Mm-hmm. Right. There's heated conversations, arguments, whatever, where everyone said things that they regret. And whoever is the first to repent typically does a really good, it sincerely repent, typically does a really good job of softening the heart of the other person yeah. who was wronged and did some wronging in their own right. That's why oftentimes you see that back-to-back repentance. Like when one person takes the first step, right? It's like it's like the high school kids at the high school dance and no one wants to get on the floor and no one wants to dance to the music until that first kid mm-hmm. gets out and then the dance floor is full, right? We're, we're, we're that kind of people. That's still us. We're just grown up and dealing with bigger issues. Yeah. So now, like when the first person steps forward and says, hey, I was wrong. What I said didn't honor you. It didn't honor your character. It didn't honor God's image in you. Mm-hmm. Um, let me repent for this. Here's my steps I want to take to make it right. Typically, what you're going to be met with is forgiveness and then repentance of their own. Mm-hmm. And that might not always be the case, right? There's This is not legalistic, but oftentimes repentance prompts repentance and yeah. there's just healing. And I think another important thing to remember is that you can't control whether or not someone forgives. Mm-hmm. You True. can't control whether or not someone apologizes. Good point. But you can get your own heart right with the Lord and saying, what are the actions that I need to take to, to what they say in recovery, keep my side of the street clean. Mm-hmm. Um, not Strong. being so focused on on what your actions or reactions might be, but that I have decided because of my relationship with the Lord that I will be vulnerable and honest and move move forward mm-hmm. after I do that. That we're not sitting around waiting in our own shame and condemnation for what their reaction is going to be, mm-hmm. but but in in all the grace and repentance and and community everything we've talked about over this episode that we have chosen to make sure our hearts are right with God first mm-hmm. and that we've taken the steps we need to take and then we move out of that shame and continue forward with the Lord and not have to control what the other person does mm-hmm. good right we've we've discussed this before and if if everyone sounds good I want to close out with this this word of scripture and I want someone to pray for us on the way out. So this is this is powerful as we talk about forgiveness, as we talk about uh, repentance and saying you're sorry. Um, let's talk about the other side of it, which is how important it is for us to receive repentance from other people. And like to your point, to forgive them even if they don't ask. Matthew 6, chapter 14, this is, and 15, this is huge. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Yeah. Verse 15, but, and this is a big but, 
If you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's huge. Mm-hmm. If God withholds his forgiveness for us, pending our acceptance of repentance of other people, then it's really important mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. Really, really mm-hmm. important to him. So kind of a heavier episode yeah. this week, but like lots of good stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll get something lighter next week. But man, I love the conversations. They're incredibly valuable. The scriptural input, the perspectives. My goodness, thank you guys so much for bringing your perspectives mm-hmm. to the conversation. Does anyone feel particularly led to pray us out? I'll pray. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Dear Lord, um, I just thank you for these people and for this beautiful day you've given us. And God, I pray that as we move forward in our week, we would remember this conversation, that we wouldn't leave it here. Um, I pray that we would be quick to um, forgive God just as you were. I pray that we would keep uh, the cross the center of our hearts and the center of our minds, that we would not forgive that you forget that you are the ultimate forgiver and you are the ultimate um, grace giver. And God, I just pray that we would model ourselves after you each day. You would refine us more and deeper to look more like you. Um, And I just pray for anyone listening, God, I pray that they would take steps to do the same thing, Um, that they would not just listen, but they would hear. And God, I just pray that everyone has a safe drive, whether they're listening, um, a safe whatever they're doing, getting ready. God, I just pray that you would put protection on them, that you would guide them, and that you would comfort them. And in your name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Everyone Talking, a Freedom Church podcast. If you enjoy our content, we drop brand new episodes every Thursday, and you can follow us on almost any social media platform by looking for Freedom Church TN. That's Freedom Church TN, all one word. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time with Everyone Talking.